Minister's Log, COVID Outbreak, March 21st, 2020. We're now on our fourth day, four of five, in a five-part series, trying to remind ourselves of the things that we need to be remembering during this time. If you've not yet listened to the first three podcasts, I'd encourage you to go back and start at the beginning. We looked at COVID as an acronym, the C for compassion, the importance of having compassion, especially for those who are leading us. O, opportunity, looking for opportunities in the midst of what we're dealing with. V, vision, having a kingdom vision, using this in a way for glory. And today, we're going to be looking at insight. See, I really wanted to use the word wisdom, but unfortunately, there was no W in COVID. So I used a biblical synonym, insight. This is a time when we need to have insight or wisdom. Now, I'm going to tell you from the start that I wish I had more time to really unpack this topic Uh, But in trying to keep these to 10 minutes, uh, I'm going to go through this quickly. So if you have questions to follow up, make sure you reach out to me. There are several places in Scripture. Romans 16, 16 is one of the many, where we are told to greet one another with a holy kiss. These days, most of us won't even do a hearty handshake. So what are we to make of this? I think our current situation brings out two kind of camps of thought. The first is those who camp out on the side of faith, and they say, because we have faith, we're going to keep doing what we're doing and trusting God. On the other side of the camp might be what we call the wisdom group. In this current time, we're going to do things differently because we're going to use the wisdom of God to guide us through the season of life. The problem with approaching this situation with these two camps is that the reality is that, the, is that there are not two camps. See, sometimes we speak of wisdom and faith as if they're competing concept, that, that wisdom and faith are like two sports teams playing against each other, and you have to choose one or the other. For some people, they want to make it a choice. We're going to do it based on wisdom, or we're going to do it based on faith. Those who find themselves in the faith camp will look at others and they will say, because we trust in God, we're not going to cancel services. Or because we trust in God, we're not going to practice social distancing. Or because we trust in God, we're not going to use hand sanitizer. Or because we trust in God, we're going to keep up with the holy kiss. But the problem is that faith and wisdom are not competing virtues. They're not teams playing against each other. So when it comes to faith and wisdom, we should be opting for the both and choice, not the either or. Why would we opt for the both and choice to have faith and wisdom? Well, one of the main reasons is because there's an entire section in the Old Testament called wisdom literature. To be a person of faith means to also be a person of wisdom. See, in wisdom literature, there's at least two kinds of wisdom. The first is wisdom that is anchored in the knowledge of God. It's a kind of a a wisdom that, that you have to know God in order to know. But there is also this general wisdom, general wisdom that can be found in observing the behaviors and the patterns and the structures of this world. See, all people have access to this kind of general wisdom. 
It's the kind of wisdom talked about in Proverbs 6, 6 and following. Go to the ant, you lazy bones. Consider its ways and be wise. Without having any chief or officer or ruler, it prepares its food in summer and gathers its sustenance in harvest. How long will you lie there, O lazy bones? When you, will you rise up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed warrior. See, to be a person of faith means also accepting that there is a general wisdom by which God works in the, inherently in the world that he created. There, there's no need here to, to say, are you going to trust God to provide your food, or are you going to have the wisdom to go and work? A person of faith will practice the wisdom that they learn from observing the way of an ant. Now, I think it is important to highlight that the wisdom of God may sometimes look like foolishness to the world. 1 Corinthians 1.18, Paul uses the cross as an example of something that in the eyes of the world is, is foolishness. See, when Paul is attacking, his attack is not wisdom per se. He will go on to speak of a kind of wisdom, but he's talking about a type of wisdom that is not anchored in God's values. So Paul is not undermining wisdom, but he's simply saying that the wisdom that comes from God may sometimes look like foolishness to the world. He gives, there's an example in Matthew 16, 26, when Jesus says, For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world, but forfeit their life? So with the value system of the kingdom, what looks like profit may in fact be loss, and what looks like loss may be profit. So we do recognize as we're talking about wisdom, there is a unique form of wisdom from God. Sometimes those who take the kind of faith-only approach and, and disregard wisdom, I think put themselves in a dangerous place when it comes to the biblical concept of testing. I, I would define testing as acting in a way that you expect to God, God to show up, respond, and prove himself in the exact way you prescribe him to. See, in the Bible, to test is to assume or presume that God somehow works for you. That you need God to do this, and so you'll tell him to, and then he will by the basis of your faith. There is a case in the Bible where, in Malachi 3.10, God invites the people to test him by their giving. What this passage is not saying, testing God is a great idea. What it is saying is when God invites you to test him, then you should respond to that. But the human party doesn't come up with the idea that I'm going to test God by doing this or by doing that. See, most generally in the Bible, testing is seen as an act of disrespect to God. So when you look at Malachi 3.10, don't take this rare exception and make it the biblical pattern or principle. See, while you might think, as a sign of my faith, I'm going to disregard precautions, there is a danger that you may be testing God. In Matthew 4, 5 through 7, Then the devil took him up to the holy hill and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, 
and on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, testing is saying, I'm going to do A, and then God must and will respond by B to prove himself. See, my encouragement to us as we move forward is to use both and approach to faith and to wisdom. And the irony of that is I think you're already doing it in your life. One might say, I trust God and I wear my seatbelt when I drive my car. I trust God and I take my prescribed medicines. I trust God and I take hunter safety courses. I trust God and I put money in the bank. I trust God and I lock my doors at night. See, I think for all of us, we realize there are ways that we have already realized trusting in God does not negate wisdom. In fact, to be a follower of God means the utilization of wisdom. And so I think what this day and age is calling for us is to add some additional acts of wisdom to our lives. I trust God and I will wear protective gear in the presence of infected individuals. There's a lot of doctors who are protecting themselves and I think that's a wise thing. I trust God and I'm practicing social distancing. Or I trust God and I'm going to disband worship services. I trust God and I will respect the fact that my body is weak and vulnerable. See, trusting God and wisdom or insight are not mutually exclusive. I just want to encourage us to make sure that we're not making a habit of attempting to judge the faith of others based on their reaction to the situation. And here's maybe the best news of all. Even if at the end of the day it's proven that someone is acting with little, little faith, then let's just remind ourselves that God can do amazing things even with the littlest expressions of faith. Hope to see you back tomorrow when we do our fifth part of this COVID series.